If you are joining us online, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we're back. We're diving into the book of John. It's going to be awesome. Um, I already said this for the people that are live, but I do have a new last name, and some of you have emailed me how to pronounce it. And so for the online viewers, it's very phonetic. It's Kabalatungan, and you can practice that at home. And if it's too much, just call me Mrs. C, or I always go by Coley. So welcome. Thank you for joining us uh, as we kick off the Gospel of John. Uh, two more brief announcements. Every week we take an offering. Um, people have asked, why do you take an offering? It pays for all of our tech support. It pays for those cute little books. And really it funds our childcare across the street. Every donation uh, goes right back to Women's Bible Study. There is no obligation to give, but thank you so much for those of you that do. Uh, it really blesses our ministry. And then last but not least, we are doing something new in women's ministry this year that I am personally super excited about. We're starting something kind of like an organic prayer movement. Uh, we had a conference last year and we heard from over 100 people that said, 100 women in our congregation that said, I really want to pray with people on a more consistent basis. And so Tanya is one of our newest staff members. She's amazing. She'll be teaching one week. Uh, Tanya has a deep heart for prayer. And so she said, let's, let's just start launching prayer groups. They can start with two people, three people. It's not about the numbers. It's about the power of prayer. And so we think we have about seven or eight prayer groups that are launching. Uh, one of them is actually for women's Bible study. There's a team of people that meet up in room 30 at 615 just to pray over whatever God wants to do in this space. And so they get together, they pray over the space, over the night, and then they're going to start offering prayer at 640 here in the sanctuary. So maybe you're new to prayer, maybe you're going through something really hard and you want someone to pray over you. Uh, I'm going to invite you to be here at 640, come 20 minutes early, and anybody with a lanyard that says prayer on it is able to pray over you and they just want to bless you before we go into Bible study. So if you want to join that group, 615, if you want to be prayed over, 640. But I um, encourage you to check it out online. All of them are listed there and they're awesome ways to just be in community with other women. And if you're sitting there and thinking, well, I want to start my own group about a different topic. I have, you know, I want to pray about this. Awesome. Come talk to us. We want to start prayer groups all over the city so that all women have access to prayer and be prayed for. So that's what's new in the life of women's ministry. Um, I'm excited about the book of John. I know I already said that, but the book of John is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Whenever people ask me, where should I start? I always say, start in the book of John. It tells the story of Jesus. And Jesus, if you don't know him yet, he is the central part of our faith. And John has such a beautiful way of describing who Jesus is. Do any of you have best friends? two of you. Okay. Some of us have best friends. Some of us don't. You'll know from just getting to know your best friend that the more time you're around your best friend, the more you communicate with them, the longer you're around them, the more you can pick up on their nuances. You kind of pick up on their little quirks or little habits when they don't text back right away. You're like, oh, you know, based on who your friend is, like she's in the bathroom or we're on silent time right now. You know, kind of like what she's doing, what she's thinking, why she's responding, how she's responding. We are studying the book of John to get to that level of intimacy with Jesus. We want to know Jesus, not just intellectually. We don't want to know about him. It's one thing to know that it's really good for you to eat broccoli. Like you can know like this dream workout and you can know that broccoli is really healthy. It's a total other thing to choose to eat broccoli at a meal and to get yourself to the gym, right? 
to live it out is so different than just knowing about it. And so we're not studying the book of John to just know about Jesus, to store it away in our head in case someone asks, in case a coworker wants to know. No, we are studying the book of John to know Jesus, to know who he is. Uh, Ruth Grambrell, we read a book by her this year, and she talked about reading for relationship, which really, which really struck me of just how sometimes when we read the Bible, it's like, has anyone ever done a Bible plan on the app? Sometimes when I do those, I just want to check through that list. And so if I'm honest, sometimes, especially when there's a whole chapter and I'm used to a verse a day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I kind of like get through this in two minutes. Like we're kind of doing it to check a box, you know? And Ruth Graham Bell talks about, she says, no, we read the Bible for relationship, to know who Jesus is, to be known by him. And so what we're gonna do in this series, this eight-week series, we are going to read the Bible to know Jesus. And this is a different guide than we've ever done. One of the things the Lord put on my heart is we are all different. Can I get an amen to that? Everybody's different, everyone learns differently, everyone responds differently. And so this session, every single week, we're gonna study a different method of studying the Bible. So we're gonna take a different chapter and we're gonna apply a different method to it. And these are simple methods. They're all described in your book. But every week we're gonna approach the tech text from a different vantage point saying, hey God, can you speak into can you speak into it in this? We're gonna like turn it around for the whole 360 view. And so some of the methods you might love, you might be like, I wanna do this all the time. Some of them you might be like, I'm never doing this again. This is not my jam. That's okay. But what I do do want to encourage you to do is I want you to each week to try the method that we listed because I think there might be something in it for you that you wouldn't get if you did your normal routine method. Uh, last year we did the SOAP method, uh, which is a way of reading scripture, observing, applying, and praying. Uh, that's going to be one week in the text this year. I think it's week five, but it's just one of many ways that we're going to offer you to approach scripture. And the hope is that you and I, as we uncover our Bible. Uh, John is a very, very familiar story for those who have been in the church for a while. The hope is that as we dive in together in a new way, something new will be revealed. And so what I want to challenge you with, what I want to encourage you in, as we read this together, we're going to read eight chapters in the first eight weeks. I want to just encourage you to open your heart Open your heart to whatever the Lord would want to reveal, whatever he'd want to show you, whatever he wants to do. God is always doing something new in us. And so I just want to give you the empowerment, the encouragement, a girlfriend, like cheerleader, like let him do what he wants to do. Let him show you himself in the pages. Uh, You're going to notice there's not a lot of questions. There's not a lot of quote unquote homework. It's really just for you to get into the text and figure out who is Jesus. And so that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. The question is, who is Jesus? But before we begin there, can you bow your heads and pray with me? God, you are so good. You're so powerful. God, I love what we sang earlier. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. God, you have no rival. You have no equal. Father, for those of us in this room that know you, we adore you and we worship you and we ask you to show us more of who you are. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room that is new, who doesn't know you or who is so new to knowing you, Father, would you offer her the same grace, Lord, to reveal yourself for who you truly are? 
Lord, we thank you that you're such a good God. We thank you that you love us, and we thank you that we get to study your word, God, and know you more, that you make yourself known. You don't hide from us, Lord, but you want to be known by us, Lord. So would we enter Bible study this session just seeking to understand who you are and what you want to do in our lives, Lord. So we invite you, speak a fresh word tonight, Father. Prepare our hearts for anything you want to show us about who you are. We love you and we praise your holy name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Uh, So tonight we're going to talk about who is Jesus. And if you're a note taker, Great, write that on the top of your sheet. If you're not, I want to let you hover with that question for a second. I'm going to give you 20 seconds, and I want you to think or jot down. When I ask that question, who is Jesus, write down your immediate response. There's no right or wrong. You don't have to share this with anybody. When I ask you, who is Jesus, what comes to mind, what comes to heart, what is your knee-jerk thought instantly? Who is Jesus? This is the question that we are going to be asking throughout the entire book of John because the book of John was written so that you and I would know Jesus more. And the thing about Jesus is there's so many aspects of his character, so many layers to who he is. Like you and I, we're all unique people. It's not like a 15 minute or 20 minute coffee date is gonna help me know you fully or you know me fully. The more time we spend together, the more we learn about each other, the more we spend time in the Bible, and particularly in the Gospel of John, the more and more we learn about Jesus. And so that is what we're going to study tonight. We're going to start, I just love this intro. Um, It's one of the most beautiful intros, I think, in the entire Bible. And verses 1 through 14, actually verses 1 through 18, it's like the whole prologue of John. Um, In college, I studied literature. And when you read something that's beautiful, something kind of responds in you of like, wow, that was gorgeous, or that struck me, or that stayed with me. And so I want to read this intro for you. And if you've heard it before, if you're visual, you can follow along with your eyes. It'll be on the screen. But if you're like, if you're auditory, I want you to just listen to it. And I want you to think about this is John, the Apostle John. This is his introduction of who Jesus is. So I want you to hear it afresh tonight. Um, Starting in verse one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God." And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. 
John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Whoa. There's a lot to unpack there and we're not gonna get to do it all tonight. But what I want you to see about this, as we're reading the book of John, I want you to be asking yourself, who is Jesus? What does this text tell me about him? What did I learn from what John just shared? Now I wanna be really clear, there's two Johns in this book. Uh, The Apostle John who wrote this book is talking about John the Baptist, different John, so not to be confused. But John the Baptist was sent to make a way for Jesus. And we see instantly two things that grab me in this. Who is Jesus? He's light and he's life. Now, if any of you, anybody in here have a green thumb? Okay, thank you, Dominique. One of us. Um, I'm trying to have a green thumb because I realize like in my responsibility, I can care for something else. And so I buy plants a lot at Trader Joe's and sometimes they make it and sometimes they don't. But what I've learned is that plants like the light. No matter where I put them in the house, they will always gravitate towards where the light is. And so if I think it looks really cute in the corner and there's no light, usually it dies. And if I put it by a window and it's like a full plant and only one side, it all faces another way. We all need light to live. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that we needed his life, his light to thrive, to grow, to be human. Now, so many things in this world masquerade around as false light, promising us something that they don't and cannot fulfill. And so Jesus came and he says, I am the light of the world. In me, there is no darkness. I wonder who tonight, if any of you, are in a season of what feels like darkness. Maybe in your job, maybe in your family, maybe in a relationship, maybe just in yourself. Maybe it's, there's depression hanging over from COVID. I know that we've all been in seasons of darkness. It's part of how the world was formed. And so Jesus comes and he says, I am the light of the world. I don't want, I don't want you to be in darkness. I'm offering you a flashlight. And it might seem scary, it might seem overwhelming to be seen, but without light, you cannot survive. Jesus knew that when he was coming into the world. There's a bunch of names for Jesus in this text. He's called the Word. And if you notice, it starts, uh, in the beginning was the Word. This is the first line of the Gospel of John, which remembers the beginning of the Bible. Genesis said, in the beginning. These connecting that Jesus has always been since the beginning. When you meet somebody new, you have a tendency to ask, like, where are you from? And that tells you a part of who somebody is. So in Jesus' intro, he says, in the beginning, Jesus was. He always was. He never was not. He was there in the beginning with God. He was God. Jesus is declaring for us his authority, his supremacy, who he is. And so we're not going to fully unpack all this tonight because there's a lot in here, but that's the question I want to leave you with as we read through the book of John to continue to ask yourself, who is Jesus? Who is he revealing himself to be? His identity 
unlocks the key to our identity for he created all things. We were made through him and we're saved through him. So the more we know about him, the more we learn about ourselves. So we're gonna carry on with this. Uh, starting in verse 19. I'm just gonna read through, I love the first chapter of John and you're not gonna study it actually. You are gonna start in John two next week. So I'm reading it all tonight so that you have a good base for when you go in and do your first study in John two. So we're gonna read it all tonight. Uh, John 19 says this. And this is the testimony of John, again, John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Who are you? Point number two tonight, the first question I want you to ask is who is Jesus? The second question I want you to ask as we read the book of John is who are you? Now what we see right off the bat is that John says I am not the Christ, I'm not the one, I'm not a prophet, I'm not Elijah. John knows who he is. See this invitation to follow Jesus, to know him, defines who Jesus is and who we are. And the first thing we see in this is that we are not God. We are not the center of the universe. Everything is not about us. John came and he knew that. See, he knew he had an assignment. Instead of saying, I'm the one, and took the fame for himself or the Instagram glory, John says, no, 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 it's not, it's not me. It's not me, you're not, I'm not the Christ. I'm just coming to prepare a way for him. Who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you know at your core what your true identity is. Do you know who Jesus created you to be? You see, you and I live in a world where we can define ourselves by any metric that we want to. We can define ourselves by our looks, we can define ourselves by our paycheck, we can define ourselves by how many followers we have, we can define ourselves by the relationships that we're in, we can define ourselves by the things that we own. We're given freedom on this earth to define ourselves. But the reality is, is that you and I were created from a perfect God who had a plan for us and knew us since the beginning. You come with a full package DNA. You come with a full identity from Jesus Christ already intact. When you think about who you are, I want us in the book of John to think about it through the lens of Jesus. You and I are saved when we believe in Jesus Christ. We're forgiven our sin and we're made new. We are not who we used to be. And so one of the questions we're gonna define for ourselves is who are we? Who, if Jesus is God, who does that make me? Because the more we know about Jesus, the more we know about the truest part about ourselves. And that's one of my favorite things about studying the Bible is that we don't have to look outside in this world. I don't have to come up with, I'm enough, or I'm good enough, or I did enough. No, no, no. I am defined by Jesus because I believe that he died for me on the cross. That's the most true thing about who I am. 
I am broken, I am messy. For those of you that know me, I am disorganized. Um, I am not always on time. Um, I like to sleep in late, I like to sleep a lot. I don't even go to bed late, I go to bed early and sleep in late, I just like to sleep. Um, there's all these things about me that some of them I like to identify myself with and some of them I don't, but none of that actually defines me. What defines me is when I believe in Jesus Christ, I am a sinner, I'm a broken person who needs a savior and Jesus makes me new. And the book of John is all about people who are broken, who are stuck, who are living in darkness, who have no hope, who don't know who they are. It's about showing them this is who you are. In Jesus Christ, you're a new creation. You're forgiven. You're a child of God. And so my prayer for us as we read this is that we start to redefine who we are, not based on what the world says, not based on how we feel, not based on how we look, not based on what our followers say, but what God's words say. What does God's word, who does he say that you are? It's one of the most powerful invitations that I can give you in this book of John is for you to rediscover with new eyes what Jesus says about you because what Jesus says is true and it's real regardless if you feel it or understand it yet. It's true that he loves you and you've been chosen as a child of God when you receive Jesus. Your life and my life are meant to point to Jesus. John just said, I'm not the one, I'm just, I'm just making a way. And so God invites all of us to make a way for him to be known. So for those of you that don't like the spotlight, you don't have to be in the spotlight. All you have to do is be faithful and point people to the true light, which is Jesus. You don't have to be on the stage. You just have to put Jesus on display in your life. Next, it says, John 1, 35 through 39, it says, the next day again, John was standing with two of the disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. The third question I want us to ask as we read the book of John, the first is who is Jesus? The second is who are you? The third is what are you seeking? I want you to answer that really honestly between you and God right now. You don't have to tell anybody else. But if I were to ask you that, Jesus was asking an honest question. When they were following him, he said, what are you seeking? He already knew what they were seeking. He didn't know if they knew what they were seeking. What are you seeking? In this season, coming here to Bible study, in your life, is it financial gain? Is it comfort and security? Is it your identity? Is it community? Is it a better, deeper sense of where you fit in in the world? Is it your purpose? Is it wisdom for your family of raising kids? What are you seeking? Answer as honestly as you can, because that is the place that Jesus wants to meet you. He doesn't want a BS answer. He doesn't want a fake Christianese. Oh, I just want to learn more about you. He wants an honest answer, and he's asking all of us that in our lives. What are you seeking? because what we will seek, we will find. The Bible promises when you seek the Lord with all your heart, you will find him. What are you seeking in this season? There's no right or wrong answer, but I want you to commit that to Jesus. I want you to be, if you're not honest with anybody else, I want you to be honest with yourself and Jesus and say, if I'm really honest, this is what I'm seeking. Jesus, can you help me find it? If I'm looking for it in the wrong place, if I'm looking for peace in my job situation, will you help me find it in you? 
if I'm looking for identity in a relationship that is not going well, will you give me peace that I am enough in you? If you're looking for financial means to feel more comfortable, to feel more stable, to feel more secure, will you ask Jesus to be your trust fund, to be your provider, to be your rock? You and I have the privilege of being honest with Jesus, so being honest in your own heart, what are you seeking? And if you're brave enough to share it with a sister, when you're in your groups, I'd encourage you to be vulnerable, to be open. If there is something you're seeking that is not satisfying, you can ask any of your sisters for prayer and say, yeah, I've really, you know, I've been depressed and I'm seeking escape and I'm seeking something that will make me feel good and I've gone down all the wrong trails and I just, I can't find happiness. I'm just depressed. That's everybody's story. Ask your sisters to pray for you that Jesus would meet you in that exact need. Not when you figure your depression out and get better. Jesus wants to meet you in the exact place that you are. What are you seeking? Will you let him into that space? John 1, 40 through 42 continues on with this. One of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. P.S., if we're getting to get to know Jesus, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's actually a title. It means the Messiah. So it's not like Mr. Christ. It's Jesus the Messiah, the one. Just a little, just a little insider caveat for you. Uh, but verse 42, going back to names, he, bought, he brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter, which means the rock, which Jesus would build his church on. So the fourth question I want you to ask as we read the book of John is who does God say you are? Who does God say? say you are? What does he call you? My birth name, uh, I was given the birth name Nicole, and my little cousin couldn't say Nicole, and so she called me Baby Coley, and it just kind of stuck in my family, and then my parents sent me to kindergarten, and it was a really popular name that year, and there was already four Nicoles in the class, so there was two Nicoles and two Nickies, and so after the first day of kindergarten, the teacher came up to my mom and said, I'm so sorry, I have two Nicoles and two Nickies, I need a different name for her, and my mom said, oh, we just, we call her Coley at home, and Coley stuck the rest of my life. And I am really big into names. What do they mean? What do they say? And you, Coley's kind of not a normal name. And so I was doing like the Google train search and I was looking up my friend's name, my family name, all this stuff. I couldn't find the name for Coley. And so one day I had the boldness to sit with the Lord and I said, what do you say that name is? I didn't give it to myself. My family spoke it over me. What do you say that Coley means? And I felt the Lord just hold me and he said, Coley means the one I hold in my palm. Will you have the courage to ask the Lord what he calls you? What does Jesus say about who you are? Not what the world says, not what Google says about you, not what your, not what your follower page says about you. Who does Jesus say that you are? Because Jesus is in the business of making us new people, of giving us new identities, of turning a Saul who was a murderer in the Bible into Paul, who was one of the greatest apostles of all time who wrote a majority of the New Testament. God is in the business of transformation through the blood, power, and resurrection of 
Jesus? Will you ask Jesus who he says you are? It doesn't have to relate to your name. It might be about how you see yourself. Ask Jesus how he sees you. And listen, listen. Some, none of us hear usually an audible voice from Jesus. Listen for any impression, any nudge, and don't question it. Just write it down. Write it down, and you can take it to scripture, you can take it to a friend later, but ask Jesus, who do you say I am? Who do you see me as? Anything that comes into your heart, write it down and pray about it and say, God, will you affirm this? Will you tell me if this is true? Because God is always, always making us new. Second Corinthians 5, 17, I took this out of the Passion Translation. It says, now if anyone is in into Christ, meaning you believe in Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished, and behold, everything is fresh and new. I found Jesus uh, for myself when I was 12 years old. I was in middle school. I'd grown up in a Lutheran church and gone to church because it's what you did in Wisconsin. Um, but my parents made me go to church, and so I went to a church, uh, and it had a sandwich theater. So they used to do theater, like musicals and stuff. And I encountered Jesus for myself for the first time when I was 12. And I found him because I was in middle school, and I was depressed, and I was on the verge of an eating disorder. I never felt good enough. I didn't feel pretty enough. I didn't feel like I clicked with other people and I knew there had to be something greater than what I was finding in my life. And when someone introduced me to Jesus, he changed me. He filled me in places that I could not fill myself. He spoke identity over me in places I was trying to speak it over myself by being skinny enough or popular enough or pretty enough and none of it worked until Jesus said, you are loved, you're made in love, you're enough. You're good enough for me. I died for you specifically. Your life has meaning to me. Jesus changed my life. That's why I'm in ministry. And it's not just me. Jesus changes every person's life who will receive him as savior. So what area of your life do you need to let Jesus do a whole new work in you? Where do you need to just surrender that old identity and say, God, make me new. I want to stop living for this. I want to stop believing this about myself. We serve a God who makes us new. Ask Jesus sometime this week, who do you say I am? And last, I'm gonna close out this text. Um, it says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, said to him can anything good come out of Nazareth? Phyllis, Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Jesus asked him, do you believe? So my question to you is, will you believe who Jesus is and what he says about you. 
The word and theme belief is huge in the book of John. John talks about it over a hundred times because faith is what we are talking about. It's what the Christian life is. It's not knowing, holding, tangible. We believe by faith in who Jesus is. And by faith, Philip and Nathaniel followed Jesus. And so the final question I wanna ask you is, will you follow Jesus too? Will you follow him? It's one thing to know him. It's one thing to be able to answer questions about him. It's another thing to show up to church. It's a third thing to go to Bible study. But will you follow him in your day-to-day life? Will you do the right thing when it's hard? Will you forgive your neighbor when you don't want to? Will you love your enemy because Jesus asks you to? Will you follow him? The world is a broken place and it's looking for people who actually know and love and live and follow Jesus. The world needs your followership. The world needs to see that there's a better way, that there's a new way, that there's something beyond all the heap and mess that we spend so much time scrolling and freaking out about and reading. The world needs hope. And that's why Jesus invites us to be his followers, to give a broken world the hope of Jesus. Will you pray with me that we would be that hope? Let's bow our heads. Lord, we invite you just to speak to us in the book of John, Lord. And so right now I pray, no matter where any of these women are coming from, no matter what their past is, what their today is, what they've done, who they've been, Lord, we know that you offer a clean slate to all who believe in your death and resurrection. You promise the gift of eternal life to be children of God. And so Lord, I just feel in my spirit that you you wanna speak a new identity over some of us, Father. Some of us have been walking around with false identities, trying to be good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, competent enough, wealthy enough. Father, we don't need to live in need trying to be more God because you died for us to make us your co-heirs, to make us children. God, you say that we're loved. And so, Father, for anyone in this room tonight that doesn't yet believe that, Father, will you give them the faith to believe in Jesus, to believe that grace upon grace upon grace is what saves us and makes us whole, Father. And so we pray, God, as we go into groups tonight, Father, would you speak to us? Would you help us to be honest? Would you help us to be good listeners? Would you help us to encourage the women around us? God, we're all on this journey of figuring out who you are and what it means to follow you, Lord. So would you cover our tables and spaces with grace? And would you make yourself known above all other things, Lord? So I thank you for these women, God, and I just pray your Holy Spirit is on them, Father, that you are already transforming and writing a new identity in them, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the new life that you offer us, even today. And all God's children said, amen. Amen.